My name is Nevaeh D'Souza. I am a junior here at Cal on the gymnastics team and I'm studying social welfare. You go to the big meets and you're competing against like Simone Biles or Sinisa Lee, like all those crazy people. It's not anyone's like spot, like the lineup isn't set and so you have to prove yourself every day. I think that's what made our team do so well the next year because we were all so appreciative to be back in the gym and doing gymnastics and we were hungry for for more. I honestly miss it, you know, because yeah. I've never had that and I probably won't. There's no defense in gymnastics. Like, you just kind of do you. And I was like 11 competing against 18 year olds. So wow. I think, of course, like, we were good all season and then we get to nationals and my roommate tested positive for COVID. My purpose in life is to leave my dent in the universe in absolutely everything I do, as well as to inspire and help others do the same. For someone to leave their dent in my life is a privilege. For me to leave my dent in someone else's life is an honor. But to inspire and help others leave their own dent in the universe is an indescribable feeling. I plan on doing this through this podcast by celebrating my guests and inspiring my listeners, all while leaving my own dent in the universe and helping others do the same. My name is Fer Andrade, and this is Denting. I'm excited. All right, perfect. Let's do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Denting. My name is Fernando Andrade. I'm your host, and today I have a very special guest with me, Nevea D'Souza. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Very good. I'm very excited to, to have you. Um, I'm, I've been looking forward to this over the past week or so when, when we talked to, to set this up. Um, I am a big fan of your team. I told the same to, to Maya when she was here, and I've gotten the chance to witness you guys perform live, so I'm very excited to be doing this postseason. Thank you. Um, well, to start things off, would you like to introduce yourself for those that may not know you? So my name is Nevaeh D'Souza. I am a junior here at Cal on the gymnastics team, and I'm studying social welfare. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, awesome. And you're from pretty close by here in California, right? From Fairfield? Yeah, it's about 45 minutes away from Berkeley. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, to start off, off the bat, since before your time at Cal and how you got into the sport, I usually start off by asking how people committed to Cal and that journey, but I know gymnastics is a sport you have to start off from when you're very, very young, and you started when you were two years old, am, am I right? Yeah, um, I my mom would take me to mommy and me classes and like bring me around the floor and stuff like that, and then um, I just, I loved it, and so I stayed in it for so long and went throughout high school. I, I committed to Cal like freshman year of high school, and... It was. I just knew it was the place for me. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. I saw um, on some website that you had already committed by freshman year, and I was like, mm -hmm. "Wow, that's very early." I don't know if that's how it is in in gymnastics. Is it an early commitment? Yeah. So all the schools are like fighting for who they want because they want people when they're young, and they just yeah, it was crazy. And so they actually pushed back the commitment time to junior year now. So it's like you're not allowed to commit before then, which is kind of nice because then. You kind of know what you're looking for in a college because I went in looking for colleges like I went in barely knowing what I wanted from like high school and I what how do you know at 14 years old what you're gonna want like throughout college so it was kind of crazy to do it so early but 
yeah, they, they pushed it back, which is nice. On the same website, it said that your favorite subject was math. And I'm like, well, freshman year, math is fun, but I'm not sure if it's the same as, like, looking at a college, you Yeah, know? it's definitely changed. It's actually writing now. Yeah. Um, math did not go so well here. <laughs> I can fully relate to it. I don't really do any sort of math or take mm-hmm. any tests. It's just essays here on out. So yeah. that that makes sense. But it's, I mean, it's good that it changed for, for junior year now, but mm-hmm. it must have been tough back then um it it, I was reading through a few things and I saw that you I mean you were a level 10 since before I'm not sure if you I'd still say you are a level 10 but anyways you reached level 10 at what age was was that I was 11 in level 10 so I've done it for a really long time um and pretty you're pretty much a level 10 in college you do the same skills okay yeah and then uh to my understanding at some point you did compete at the elite level is that right Yes, I did that in 7th and 8th grade, and then in freshman year, I was like, I'm just going to go back to level 10. It's a lot more fun, and I was doing elite by myself at my gym, and so I kind of wanted to be with a big group of people again. So So take me through, first off, reaching level 10. I know level 10 is a big deal in the gymnastics world and growing up, so take me through what it was like reaching that goal and what it meant to you. Yeah, so I was young. I didn't really know what it meant. I just knew I wanted to get there. And um, so doing level 10, then I was like, oh, okay, I want to take it to the next step. And there's kind of two paths. There's like the college path and the elite path. And so I was like, okay, I want to take the elite path. And so I tried it out and you had to practice like crazy hours, seven hours a day, eight hours a day and like by yourself. And so then I tried it and I'm really glad that I tried it because I didn't want to have any regrets. And then I went back to level 10 and I just enjoyed my last high school years as a level 10 and looking forward to college and everything like that. So it was it was pretty exciting. And then as like I got um, further on as level 10, probably like my third year as level 10 I finally had some teammates with me too so it was nice to have some other level 10s with me so you were on the early side to reaching level 10 yes definitely and throughout that time you just trained by yourself or how did that work so you have teammates but I was like the only one doing that path so I would come in like early I would leave school early come into the gym by myself and do like extra conditioning and the different routines that I would need to do for elite Um, because there's like a compulsory thing that you do and an optional thing. So um, you kind of had to do double training than everyone else. Um, So I would do that part of my day, and then I would do the regular training with my teammates that were like level 8 through 10. So basically you'd you'd leave school early, come Mm -hmm. in, do extra work, and then do level 10 training. Yes. Okay, got it. And what's the competition like at the elite level? I saw, like just for context for for others, Level 10 is 20 hours a week. Elite is 30 hours a week. So there's a huge difference, I'm sure. That's obviously because of the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, to my understanding, again, I, I'm, I don't want to... Well, I will eventually sound ignorant because I'm not an expert in this sport. But to my understanding, to compete in the elite level is to compete for... To reach someday the Olympics or Team USA or, or that sort of level. So yes. what's the competition like? Um, so you go to the big meets and you're competing against like Simone Biles or Sinisa Lee, like all those crazy people. Um, and so you go to day one, which I was talking about compulsory. So you go to the compulsory and you have to get a certain score to qualify as an elite. And then, um, the next day you compete again and you do the optional part. And that's like what you see in college, like the fun floor routines and the bigger skills, um, 
So that's day two, and you have to get a qualifying score there also. Um, it's a little bit more intense, though. There's, like, hardly any cheering. It's not as fun as college looks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, college seems a lot of fun. You yeah. guys are all together, united. It seems like a big party almost, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I'm sure at that level it must be yeah. something else. It's definitely more intense. Um, but it is cool to be on, like, the big stage. Like, you get to go on podium and compete against, like, big names, which is awesome. Um, yeah. How many elite gymnastics uh, or gymnasts are there? Uh, I'm not sure, but I know, like, at some point there's, like, 15 people on the senior national team that, like, train and compete for, like, the USA team. Um, I don't exactly know the number, but it's a very small percent of people that are actually, like, on the team and train at... Um, like the training facility and get to compete with everyone but it it is awesome my goal wasn't ever really to go to the olympics i just wanted to do gymnastics on tv and i got to do it i'm doing it now at cal yeah i saw that you you had mentioned from a very young age that your Mm -hmm. goals were to be on tv to go to college for gym Mm -hmm. and eventually nationals and it's like wow that's awesome that you've already done that you know that's that's amazing thank you um well to get into your cal story um you did commit to Cal quite early, like we've mm-hmm. already mentioned. Why did you choose Cal? I mean, freshman year, we're all figuring life out, and I'm talking freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what made you choose Cal? Um, so growing up around here, I would come to the Cal Gymnastics meets, and I would work with the coaches at camps and stuff like that. So you kind of see who you work well with at camps, all the different college coaches. And I did tour other schools because I wanted to keep my options open. But I really liked the atmosphere here at Cal. There's always something going on, like even outside of gymnastics. So if one day I couldn't do gym, would I still want to go here as a normal student? And I would. I love walking down Sproul and seeing all the different booths. And um, I just kind of felt like I fit in here. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome to see from such a year, like a young and early age because mm-hmm. I had been to Cal before like middle school or something but to me it was foreign grounds you know I couldn't yeah. really identify with it and we have the same rule you can't mm-hmm. commit until junior year which is okay. when I committed as well so that's crazy but I'm glad it worked out yeah well thank you yeah I definitely feel like my decision stayed the same like I, I wouldn't change my decision no matter what like even if I committed later or earlier I feel like this was the only school that I really committed to and like stuck with and I mean obviously because I was excited to go here but I was happy with with my decision yeah was committing early a relief in in some way it it definitely was because when you're at the camps you have like a number on your back and all the coaches are looking at you and you feel like you have to do good and I mean obviously you want to do good all the time but it definitely was a relief because you know you're going somewhere and you have something to look forward to you commit freshman year sometime around that and Mm -hmm. then That's also the time when you stopped with competing at the elite level. Mm -hmm. Was that part of the decision, like, you know what, I committed, I'm set? Or what was your mentality moving forward to prepare for college gymnastics? Because although I'm sure that you've grown up with everyone Mm -hmm. um, in the gymnastics role that you're competing with or against at this point, um, it's still taking a, a leap, I'd assume, right? Like, college gymnastics must be a different level to some to some uh, extent. So how did you prepare throughout those years? And was it a bit more lax? Or what do you say you were still as focused as before? Um, yeah, so I was actually nervous that my coaches were going to be mad that I didn't want to do elite anymore. And, 
and I talked to them and they were like, okay, great, like it'll be better for your body. No one was mad about it. Um, but leading up to college, my coach would have us travel a lot because in college you're competing every weekend. You're traveling, you're doing, dealing with school, you're competing every single weekend for 14 weeks in a row or however long it ends up being. But it's a long time and that's a lot on your body. And so I think I was just trying to manage my body and learn to be able to compete every weekend. So we would go to a travel meet and then practice for three days and fly to our next meet and so I think my uh, club coach like growing up did a really good job preparing me for college gymnastics because that's exactly how it is here. Perfect I mean mm-hmm. and you clearly were very prepared for it I mean coming <laughs> in you. right right off the bat um, this is our first time meeting and we are in the same class mm-hmm. but I remember like coming in freshman year um, I obviously know Angelina Anderson quite well. She's on women's soccer, mm-hmm. great goalkeeper. Um, but it was basically her in the fall, Pac-12 freshman of the week all the time, like at the top, at the top. And that was mm-hmm. in the fall. And then in the spring or in the winter, it was you like back to back to back. <laughs> Thank you. Freshman of the week, freshman of the week. And I was like, damn, like our class is pretty, pretty stacked. Yeah. Um, so you came in very prepared or how did you feel? Did you feel as prepared as it ended up being? I feel like you can't really prepare. Like, as much as you feel like you might be prepared, it's just so different. And you never know, like, if you're going to make the lineup or not. And so you're working hard every single day because you do want to, like, prove yourself and make the lineup. And so as prepared as you can feel, there's also, like, a feeling of, like, this could be in someone else's hands. Like, the coach, it's really in, like, the coach's hands as to whether you compete or not, but you in the gym have to work really hard. And so... I feel like you can't really feel prepared, but you just have to like keep working hard. I don't know how to explain it really. <laughs> yeah, is is that the mentality you had freshman year or something you still have to this day? I think still to this day because no, it's not anyone's like spot. Like the lineup isn't set. And so you have to prove yourself every day, I think, and go into the gym and work hard no matter what. Um so I definitely would say that that's still my mentality. That's crazy because yeah. I mean, you've been in the all-around lineup for such a long time and mm-hmm. you're still thinking that way that's crazy but also you have a great team you have great teammates so yeah I, I understand that no my everyone on the team is so good I remember coming in freshman year and it's like you have to be able to compete because everyone is so good you look around the gym and everyone's doing all these crazy skills and everyone looks so good no my team is they're they're awesome yeah yeah that, that was uh, amazing and I mean coming in right off the bat I have a list of all your like accomplishments from freshman year but what was that season like for you obviously Mm -hmm. towards the end it was a mess for everyone but at the beginning and leading up to it how did you feel with the team what was the experience like I'm not sure if you were used to competing in front of fans or at least that amount of fans so Mm -hmm. what was it like um like I said before you never really compete every single weekend so that was a big change and having a big team is Uh, different than going from competing with three people so it was really fun to have a big team and they were everyone was so welcoming like when you first come in everyone's asking you do you do you need a ride do you need this you need that everyone was so welcoming and nice inside of the gym and out so our our team chemistry was definitely very good and it has been up until this day ever since I've been here it's been awesome um I don't know what it was before I don't know we're gonna make it make sure it's still good after but (laughs) um yeah, so the team chemistry was good, and then I would say, like, competing, I was definitely more nervous because it's not just for yourself, you're doing it for the team, and you don't want to mess up when <laughs> the pressure's on you, and, like, 
you don't want to mess up for your team, basically. So I would just say that was kind of different than before. That's so interesting in an yeah. individual sport, how you're not used to having that many teammates. Mm-hmm. In a sport like gymnastics, it's interesting that it's not until college that you're competing every week. And yeah. like I hadn't realized that mm-hmm. until right now. Yeah. That's crazy. And I get it because of the toll your body takes with the sport. Mm-hmm. But wow, I had never thought about that. Yeah, no, because in club, you probably do six meets total, seven meets maybe. And now you're doing 14 in a four-month span. So it's definitely different. Yeah, I mean, for soccer, it's the same. Like, we're used mm-hmm. to playing year-round here. We only play throughout the fall, and it's a good amount of games. Um, like, it's twice a week, mm-hmm. which is a lot. I'd say we should yeah. be playing a 10th-month se- season like everybody else does, like, around the world. Yeah. But I think you're – I already told you this before the podcast, but <laughs> gymnastics is, takes a different toll on the body than, than soccer Thank or other you. sports. So that's crazy, but – with all the success you did have coming in, was there one point where you started feeling your, your ego come up or, or um, how was that experience with so much success at such an early age in your collegiate career? Oh, well, thank you. Um, definitely not because you can do good one meet and bad the next and so you can't really have an ego, I would say. Um, well, personally, I, I don't think so I don't know what my teammates think I don't know but um no I would say I just wanted to like go in the gym and like like our motto is like one day better and get one day better every day and that's kind of what I was thinking about and like looking towards the end of season more like I wanted to like go to the postseason and have like a great so like like have a great end to the season and so to do that you have to keep pushing throughout season I mean we didn't get to go to the postseason because of COVID and everything that happened but it was definitely a season for the books it was a good one yeah yeah I mean you you did have a good season and COVID came up with it which sucked because Mm -hmm. your team was so good yeah um but that's crazy that that motto is like, you live that motto, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it's my favorite thing about your team. I told the same thing to, to Maya. Like, when I, when I saw that for the first time, I was like, wow, that's a that's a good <laughs> motto to go by. It's my, um, I, I'm, I use a, a Peloton okay. uh, to work out, and it's my, like, tag on, on the Peloton, one day better. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I love, I love that phrase. Yeah. Um, well, to, just, just for those that may not know, with all your accomplishments, I went, I mean, to start off, you went 40 for 40 in 10 meets, which is mm-hmm. crazy, especially because you're talking about, like, getting there every single time or being ready to, to compete every single meet. You went mm-hmm. 40 for 40 in 10 meets, which is crazy. Uh, three-time Pac-12 freshman of the week. Um, you set the highest all-around score of any Pac-12 freshman. Was it, I don't know if that's to the date, but at least it's when it was written, which is crazy. Thank you. Um, I didn't even know that, actually. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's in your bio um, for Cal. Um, and obviously, I mean, you were the Pac-12 freshman of the year, as well as on the first team, all Pac-12, all around. And this I didn't know, which is, this I think is like, obviously freshman of the year is crazy but gymnast of the year within the cal team or at least that's how it was voted in the banquet Mm -hmm. that says a lot especially as a freshman so were you expecting that going into the season at any point oh definitely not i didn't even know that that was like an award that we had at the end of the season but um it is based on like the votes from our team which is pretty cool i think that like my teammates voted for me and um i i had no clue that that was going to happen at all 
That's awesome. That's awesome. And you have such a good season. Like I said, I'm, or like you said, uh, you are fighting for, for more. You want to go to the postseason. You're ready for that. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure your confidence is probably high after all of this. And it's like, hey, this could be my year in the postseason. I'm, I'm ready for it. Mm -hmm. And then it's cut short. At what point was it cut short? Like, was this Pac-12 championships or did you not even have that? So it was the, we, we had a double meet weekend coming up. So we were going to compete Friday and compete Sunday. And then the week after was Pac-12s. And so that double meet weekend is when it got cut short. So we didn't even get to go to Pac-12s. Yeah. Yeah. But it was kind of crazy. Like, last year was my first Pac-12s. And it was the first Pac-12s for the now sophomores, too. And everyone was like, hey, like, this is all of our first time. Like, this is so fun. And Pac-12s is probably, like, the one, of, one of the most fun meets. Why? Um, just because there's so many fans. It's on podium. And you get some gear after, which we love the gear. Um. And, I mean, this year it went by a lot faster. Last time it was kind of slow, but you get to compete, like, one at a time. And this year we all competed at once. But, um, yeah, it's just it's different than all the other meets because you do go one at a time and it's on podium. And there's just so many fans. Like, you can't compare it to any other meet probably besides, like, nationals. Got it. Yeah. Pardon my ignorance, but what do you mean on podium? Like, oh, yeah. at, at the end, is that what you mean? Like, you, top three go on a podium or, or what uh, do you mean by that? No, actually, so when you... When you come to Haas, like, all the equipment's on the basketball floor, um, but on podium, there's probably, like, it kind of looks like a desk, and um, they it's, like, wood that they build up, and they put the equipment on top of the wood, and so that's, like, when you see, like, the girls at the Olympics, they have to walk up the stairs to get to the floor, so that's what um, that's what it's called. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, I, I have seen that. I mm -hmm. didn't know it was called that, so yeah. interesting, interesting. Yeah. What was your reaction when it was cut short? Like, I, everybody was confused, obviously, but mm -hmm. at least for us, we weren't in season. So what was your reaction when you were told, you know what, like, season's over after all of that, having that in mind? Like, yeah, what do you what do you think? Like, well, how do you how do you go through that? Um, it was confusing at first because they said, OK, two weeks and we're going to be back and we'll get back to training. So you're, you guys are just going home for two weeks. And we're like, OK two weeks and our season's over and we were all sad for the uh for the seniors because they had no clue that was going to be their last meet they didn't get to have a senior meet and so we we all felt really bad for the seniors and then um we went home and we never came back <laughs> like we didn't come back until eight months later and I think that's what made our team do so well the next year because we were all so appreciative to be back in the gym and doing gymnastics and we were hungry for for more because we didn't get to do it last year and so I think that's what kind of led to our success the next year is because we were so excited to just be doing gymnastics and get we get to do the postseason and all of the fun stuff that goes along with it yeah mm -hmm. it, it's it just reminded me of like that phrase that they say when you're transitioning from like being a little kid to like growing up when it's like you once played at a playground and you didn't know it was going to be the last time. Like, it's the same yeah. thing for the seniors, and that's crazy because you're saying goodbye to an entire sport, an entire yeah. lifetime of a career. Yeah, with wow. no notice, yeah. Wow, that must have been tough. Um, you were supposed to take a two-week break. It obviously extends to a very long time. You're used to mm -hmm. training 20 hours a week, three years of 30 hours a week. At yeah. Cal, I'm sure it's also 20 hours a week. Yeah. What happens when you don't have access to a gym? What was your story like during the pandemic with training, with your fitness? Mm -hmm. with, I mean, we all went through the same thing with school, but it affects mental health. So how was that process for you? 
Yeah, so I went home and I kind of rested my body up because we were all banged up from season. And so I just kind of rested the first few weeks and finished school. And then nowhere was open. None of the gyms were open, nothing. So um, I just kind of tried to stay in shape as best I could and do like outdoor workouts and um, it was kind of fun to hang out with my family and do things that we don't usually get to do because everyone's so busy. And I would go to see waterfalls and go outside and enjoy the outdoors. And then um, eventually gyms did start to open back up, not Cal yet. And so I would practice like at my old gym for a little bit. And it was it was hard to come back. It was hard to your hands get all soft because our hands are all calloused up. And so they get all soft and you're ripping every day and you're so sore because you haven't done all this stuff in a while. So it was kind of like relearning how to do everything. And luckily, your body knows how to do it because you've been doing it for so long. But it was definitely a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And like with uh, thinking about it in chronological order, mm-hmm. how long did it take for gyms to open up? Like how many months were you out? Um, I would say there was probably a good three to four months of not doing any gymnastics. That's crazy. And what did your outdoor workouts look like? Like, I'm just curious, Mm -hmm. how do you stay fit for a sport that you require that sort of equipment, right? Because you can't do it just with anything. So how do you do it? Yeah, like you said, that was the longest break I'd ever had in my whole life. Like, I don't even get a week off, so, like, up until that point, I probably had a week off at most at once, so it definitely was crazy, and, um, we had an elliptical at home, I would go on the elliptical, and I would just come up with, like, ab circuits on my own, and, um, I watched a lot of TikTok, and there was some TikTok workouts, but nothing, it, for me, it wasn't, like, anything crazy, I was doing handstands around the house, like, just trying to do whatever I could to do some kind of gymnastics, so literally, like everybody else, I guess that's yeah, crazy yeah. in such a demanding sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was three to four months. What do you say? You were back to a specific routine once your gym was opened, or not really? Um, I would say yes. I feel like I probably could have done more, but I my body was like it was weird coming back because like you do so much pounding and your bones aren't used to it after you take a break like that and so I would probably go into the gym like three to four times a week and I still had summer school too so I was trying to do school and do that at the same time but um so I would say I would be in the gym definitely less than my usual schedule less than 20 hours but probably at least 12 hours a week so a good amount yeah. okay so yeah. you, you were you were on top of things yeah I didn't I didn't want to be too far behind when I came back and how did you feel when you did come back? Were you mm-hmm. in good shape, what do you say? I would say, yeah. I, I was able to do all my skills by the time I came back here, which was nice to just hop back in and do stuff. Yeah, that's awesome because I'm sure that wasn't the case for, for mm-hmm. everyone. So it's awesome that you were on top of things and it's why you've kept accomplishing things, right? Oh, so that, that's awesome. Um, last week, uh, Isabel Ivy was here uh, from SWIM and she talked about how during the pandemic – she was like, I mean, because you can't be competing the same as everyone. Yeah. So you get to know yourself as a normal human, you know, and especially in sports where you've been competing your entire life. Mm-hmm. You can relate to that. She can relate to that. I can relate to that. And I really related to what she said, like being Isabel Ivy, not the swimmer, but the person. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that because I had to learn about that myself. Would you say that you had some sort of similar experience or not really? Um, 
Definitely. I think it's going to be weird when our sports do come to an end because you have so much time to do whatever. And so um, I don't think I had like a like an epiphany, but I definitely did learn that I'm going to have to manage my time properly when I um, am done with sports and that I do want to keep like exercising and staying in shape kind of thing. But yeah, it was definitely crazy to just be a normal person. It was, and I can relate to what you said, like, mm. just hanging out with family, and I mean, I know it's extremely privileged to say this, but I honestly miss it, you know, because yeah. I've never had that, and I probably won't again, at least I don't hope we get shut down ever again, Yeah. Um. but it was so much time, and I, I enjoyed them so much, so I'm, I'm glad you got the same, but you come mm. back sophomore year, it was a during October, right, when you guys came back? Yes, around there, yeah. Okay, and that's a whole other story, um, which I talked with Maya about mm-hmm. as well, because you come back, but the rules are very strict, and your team pretty much followed them to the dot. So yeah. you were training, and then you'd go back home. Were you? Do you have roommates, or were you living on your own? Um, so I live with my teammate Natalie on she's on the team I just said my team I live with my teammate Natalie and um Sienna from lacrosse okay yeah um and so everyone was pretty strict because we no one wanted to get COVID um so that was kind of nice to be living with other athletes during that time because everyone was following rules how hard was it like going to practice Mm -hmm. and then having to come back and just being with the same two people like for me we, we didn't come back until January, but, I mean, I was going to practice seeing people, and then I'd come back, I was with the same four guys, and yeah. I love all of them, but it was, like, it was getting pretty repetitive, yeah. and, I, and if not, I was just online school on this desk, and I was getting pretty tired of it. I uh, bet, yeah. How was it for you guys? Because you guys were here longer than us, that's why I'm asking, so. Yeah. How was that? Um, it was okay. We tried to do other stuff. So like we, we have a little lake by our house. So we would try to go out to the lake or go to the beach. And like, we were just trying to do anything we could outside. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was stuck in here and I I didn't do that. And I probably should have, (laughs) but going back to your sophomore year, Mm -hmm. you came back as if you, you didn't leave in the season opener, top three finishes in, in all four events. And I think it's what you mentioned, like not taking that time off, even mm-hmm. if it is 12 hours instead of 20. I think that not enough people worldwide in their different crafts were putting in the same amount of time as they would usually. Mm-hmm. So that just goes on to show your hard work paying off. Thank you. What was it like being back after such a long time and I'm asking from a gymnastics perspective Mm -hmm. where it's demanding so much of your body are you very sore the next day your calluses like what's Mm -hmm. what's it like going through that um yeah so we usually have like we come back in August and we have all that time up until January to prepare for our season so our preseason was cut short so we had to kind of ramp everything up the second we got here and so that was definitely hard on our body and going from practicing 12 hours to now 20 hours but very like intense 20 hours um and so I would say I was just we were all so sore like and you couldn't take any time off because you would just be so sore the next day like um and I mean people were getting COVID here and there and you take 10 days off again and so then it sets you back again um but luckily 
we did good throughout the preseason and our team had very strict rules and so we were trying to prevent that from happening because it's hard to stop and go and stop and go and so once we kind of ramped up we were like okay we need to go because it's it's time for season um but yeah I would say like the first month I it was hard to walk up the stairs I was so sore yeah no that that makes a lot of sense and I mean I think that the only thing I can relate it to is like lifting or after a heavy day or like conditioning mm-hmm. um but for you guys like doing that all the time it's it must be tough it must be tough it is but you guys have a, a schedule too that you have to go by see the thing is and I was talking about this with Maya when she mm-hmm. came as well the thing is we do have the schedule we do have the hours we at least saw individually um we lift um some some of the guys spin mm-hmm. um conditioning with the team playing with the team but our joints aren't as impacted as you guys. We aren't yeah. landing every single, like, every 10 seconds, or we aren't, like, you know, that, that sort of thing. Or or I think maybe we do lifting, but you mm-hmm. guys are doing body weight exercises the entire time. <laughs> so I think I think that's the major difference, I would say. Okay, okay. What, do you guys lift at all, or is it strictly bo- the body weight exercises in practice? We do lift in like the fall more and then we do spin outside of gym just to keep our cardio good and stuff like that. Two questions out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Why spin? Like as your source of cardio, do you know? Um I think our coach just she loves it. She loves spin. <laughs> um I don't know. We do spin like four times a week, I would say at least. Um I think it's just it's an easy it's easy on your like like you were saying about your joints, it's easy on your joints. Um, we do the elliptical too, but like I try to stay away from the treadmill because we're always pounding on our joints, and so it can make you sore the next day. And I think spins like the most easy way of getting that cardio in without pounding. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that is exactly why I was asking because yeah. the running, I feel like it would just affect, especially the knees or the ankles more. Yeah. Um, and then lifting, what does lift look like for a gymnast? Um, we don't lift too much weight. We do like deadlifts and. Um, front squats, back squats, because you do want to be strong so that you have muscles to push through and use for your flipping and tumbling and stuff like that. But um, it's not anything crazy. We're not doing, like, bench presses or anything. Yeah, it's. I would say it's more leg heavy. I was going to say, so it's mostly lower body. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the rest, it's like doing pull-ups. I mean, you're. I wouldn't say you're specifically doing pull-ups, but yeah. in your routines... That's you're on the bar, you're pushing yourself up with your hands all the time. Yeah, your gymnasts are pretty strong in their arms already, I think. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, throughout that season, obviously, COVID is a thing, but you do reach your first Pac-12s. You guys go to your first, or at least, yeah, your personal first uh, regionals and then nationals. Um, I already mentioned your season opener, but then you hit the fifth best all-around score in program history twice. So how is that season going for you as, as it progressed? Um, was there a sense of it could get canceled at any time, I could get COVID at any time, or, or not really? Um, yes, there was definitely that sense, and we were all nervous, and we were all following our rules pretty strict because we didn't want what happened last year to happen again. Um, and like I said, if you stop and go, it makes it so much harder, and so we all just – we. We were just kind of trying our best not to get COVID, um, but it, we saw it going so well, and so that's what kind of motivated us to keep keep going and keep staying strict about our rules. Was season shorter at all? Um, so it got pushed back about 
two weeks, I want to say, the first two meets got canceled, and so it started, like, the very end of January, which was, um, usually it starts at the beginning, so not doing those three meets kind of saved our body a little, I would say. So it was a a good thing in a way. Oh, interesting. Um, again, in season, you go two-time Pac-12 Gymnast of the Week, career high on bars at UW, uh, third in the vault at Pac-12s, and then the all-around, how's that... Pac-12's experience it's not the same as this year obviously because mm-hmm. of COVID but like you said it's your first Pac-12s the freshmen's first Pac-12s um so what was that experience like for you guys um it was it was exciting it was kind of crazy because you have like the best teams in the Pac-12 going all at once and so you're kind of wandering like looking at everyone and just like seeing so much good gymnastics and um so it was just like we kind of had to stay focused and stay like in the zone um but it was still like a lot of fun and everyone did so well and that was it was just really cool to kind of I got like a little plaque for getting third so that was kind of cool um but yeah it was a lot of fun and from from what you mentioned you said the best teams in the Pac-12 so not all Pac-12 teams go to the championship um they do but the bottom four go in the morning session and the top four teams go at the night session interesting yeah okay and I mean I think it's crazy. I'm pretty sure it's going to be consistent from last year to this year. Mm-hmm. But with those eight teams, four or five are in the top 20, yeah. which says a lot about the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you pretty much know a good amount of the girls you're competing against, right? Because of how you grew up in gymnastics. Yeah, gymnastics, like the circle's pretty small. And so you kind of know people. Even like I knew my abortus like before we came in because we saw each other to meet. And so like we it's so small like you go to each other's meets and you see each other and like especially if you know you're gonna like be going to college around each other it's like you kind of want to get to know everyone and like even some of the gymnasts at like Oregon State I grew up competing against because they live like an hour away from me or like a a lot of the Pac-12 schools just because they live nearby yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's crazy but I I was looking through I mean I know Utah was number three this year you guys Mm -hmm. were around seventh and 11th and and like there throughout Mm. the season but I think I mean UCLA is obviously always in it Arizona Mm. was in it and OSU was also in it so yeah yeah that says a lot about the Pac-12 and I think it is an accomplishment to just even be there in the top four Mm -hmm. but I mean with with what you guys were doing your team was on the right track and you you head to regionals um how different is regionals because there you're competing with out, like outside of your conference so what's it like I know there's more at stake logically mm-hmm. but at the same time not competing against Pac-12 teams and being used to that what do you say that's a relief um I don't know about a relief I know that at regionals like we it was everyone's goal that we made it to nationals like we were all we all had the same goal and we all worked towards it all season, and so that was, like, we were going to nationals. And so I think at regionals, um, you do two days again, so you have to qualify to day two. And we felt, like, really good after that. And so then at day two, we were like, okay, this is our time. Like, we can do this. And so I think it was, like, really exciting just to, like, show off what we'd worked all season for. And so um, it's, like, definitely nerve-wracking because you're, like, the pressure's on now, but it was a way to show, like, what we'd worked for all season, I think. Yeah, and even, like, the pressure is there, Mm -hmm. but what do you even consider you're competing against other teams, or is it hitting your routine, the thing that matters? Because for us, 
we are literally competing with another team and we're yeah. trying to score more goals than we get scored on and we're mm-hmm. fighting for the ball. We're trying to keep the ball. Yeah. But for you guys, it's an individual sport and in the collegiate le- at the collegiate level, you guys are accumulating your points and that's why mm-hmm. it's a team. But yeah. realistically, it's an individual sport. So... How do, you, how do you view it when you're competing? Yeah, um, even our coaches will say, like, it doesn't matter who you're competing against. Um, it could be the best team, the worst team, whatever. You should just, like, go out there and compete against yourselves because it, you can't control what the other team's doing. Like, our coach Liz will say, like, there's no defense in gymnastics. Like, you just kind of do you, and then, uh, like, I don't know. So, yeah, you're not competing against the other team really as much as you are against yourself, kind of. Is it is it hard not to think about the other team though? Like I being mm-hmm. like I can't put myself in your shoes. So, yeah. what is it like? Do you think about oh like they just hit that or they have this score? Like, do you ever think about that? Um, so I feel like it's you're not supposed to like you're mm-hmm. supposed to be really focused. And sometimes you look around, and you can see what the other teams are doing. But like some meets, you don't even know what the other team did because like you're so focused and you're so focused on your teammates. Um, yeah, so you really shouldn't, like, be seeing what the other team is doing because we're, we're, we're all kind of focused on ourselves. Do you kind of know everyone in the soccer, uh, like, pool? Because no. you grew up? No. Yes and no. I know a good amount of people, um, but I think there's more. Like, on our team, yeah. there's 28. Okay, yeah. So it's, it's a lot more people do soccer, so it's hard to know everyone. Kind yeah. Of. Um, I knew my entire class coming in, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know the classes above me, nor the classes below me, really? if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know a few guys from from different classes uh, at different schools. Yeah. But I, I'd say, uh, yeah, I'd say it's limited, especially, like, I'd, I've probably played against a good amount of guys that I still play Yeah. against, like, here at the collegiate level, but but no, I wouldn't say, like, oh, I, I recognize him. No, not, not really. It's, yeah. I feel like it's a much of a bigger world, especially California soccer is like Definitely. a big deal. Um, if I were in another state, it'd probably make sense, but no, not. Yeah. Okay. So yes and no. I knew my entire class like because I played against them mm-hmm. or with some I played with, like my roommate. Um, but yeah. But no, not not to. Well, did you know everybody coming in? Um, pretty much, but I would, like, watch the meets and, like, kind of see everyone. Also, the age groups are, like, really big. I don't know if soccer is, like, based on age or level or... It is based on, well, both by age. Okay. I mean, everybody here played at the same level yeah. growing up. It's it's mostly the age. Okay, yeah. So ours is, like, not really based on age, and so I think that's how you kind of get to know everyone because it doesn't matter how old you are. You're so, I was, like, 11 competing against 18-year-olds. So wow. I think that's how, like, you get to know everyone. I mean, of. at the elite level, it makes sense, but mm-hmm. with level 10, I didn't know that was also the case, so... Yeah, wow. we're in, when you do, like, awards and stuff, you're in different age groups, but, like, when you're competing, you're all on the same floor. Like, oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, where were we? We were at... Jim doesn't have any defense. Yes. Um, that is very interesting, and it's it's something I really like about mm-hmm. the sport. I've I'm really into individual sports where you can focus on your personal progress rather than the team's progress if that makes sense and Mm. you can say well you can apply that to any sport and yes but I think that having your own number own score is I don't know it pushes you to improve and to progress but at the same time um it's interesting with how subjective and objective it is and and we'll talk about that later Mm. 
But for now, third place in vault and all around at Pac-12s, you go to regionals, mm -hmm. top level, day one you pass, day two, you're about to qualify for, for nationals and you hit a career high in beam and you get second in the all around for the second time that year. Um, or actually, sorry, third time that year. What, what was it like taking you through that experience, especially with the Beam, which I believe is your favorite event, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Beam is my favorite event. Um, I think that at regionals, the scoring is like kind of, I don't know about more fair, but like there's four judges and or five, four maybe at regionals and five at nationals. But um, it's like there's, there's more judges to see everything. And so it was like kind of cool to get a high score with like four judges too. So um, that was cool. And then I don't, I didn't even know anything about what I placed at regionals or anything like that. I was just so excited for like our team to be going to nationals. Like I just wanted to do good for our team like on that day. And so that was like, that was pretty much my goal of the day. I didn't even know that I got second there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, you're right in mentioning that it is way harder with more judges, obviously, because your mm -hmm. final res result is the average. And when it's, yeah, it, it makes sense mathematically. But um, you mentioned that the team's goal was to go to nationals. Mm -hmm. How do you guys set that goal? Or is it just stating the, the obvious for you guys? I feel like your team is like, so, or with your coaches, especially, you guys mm -hmm. have a specific mentality and a specific team culture that I could see you guys having, like, specific goals, but I could be wrong, and it could just be, like, obviously, you go to nationals. Um, yeah, we do set, like, specific goals for ourselves. We actually, like, we didn't do it this year, but usually we, like, do a team retreat, and we kind of talk about, like, what we want out of the team, what we want for season, and um, so that's, like, kind of a good bonding place for us, and that's where we, like, come up with our goals, and it should be obvious that everyone wants to go to nationals, and it is obvious, and... Um, everyone does want to go, but it's kind of like us telling each other, like, we have to make sacrifices if this is our goal and this is what we want to do. Um, and so then it's like kind of getting everyone on the same page of how we're going to get there. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think that everybody has to make sacrifices, mm -hmm. um, obviously in the social aspect of things, um, with sleep, nutrition, et cetera. But what would you say are some of the sacrifices you'd make? Um, yeah, so, like, we, like you said, like, sleep and nutrition, we would practice at 7 in the morning, and so definitely sleep, we would have to go to bed so early because you don't want to wake up so tired the next day that you can't do gym. Um, Nutrition-wise, we had a nutritionist, and just kind of, like, following what she said, and she would always, Yossi was, like, a really good nutritionist for us, and she would, like, force us to eat during a meet and kind of keep our energy up, Um, and then kind of like during the COVID season definitely had to make a lot of sacrifices of course you want to go out and see your friends from other teams or hang even like hang out with each other outside of practice was kind of like a liability a little bit and so um I think just like kind of staying like kind of sticking to our rules is like a sacrifice because we weren't going out and we weren't doing other stuff that we shouldn't be doing kind of yeah yeah that makes sense yeah. with the nutrition during the meet so you guys get snacks or something during the meet is that something you're used to or was it just with this specific nutritionist um yeah so I wasn't used to doing it because I don't really like to eat during a meet but like she forces you to because it is a long time and we um practice before 
the meet, which not a lot of people see, so that's two hours of practicing before, two hours of competing, so it's, like, a long day, and you do need fuel to fuel your body as much as you don't want to eat it, and so it was kind of, it's kind of nice to have someone, like, reminding you, like, hey, you need to eat, you need to fuel so that you're not tired by, like, the last event, which is floor, and you need the most energy for floor. Yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting, um, because, like, I do see it uh, as, as you reach a higher level, you see people doing it more, having a specific, mm-hmm. like, uh, caffeine drink or or some sort of thing like before the meet or before the game and then Mm -hmm. at halftime at least for us it's like you have this snack or you have this fruit like everybody has their own specific thing but you don't see it until a specific level and it's interesting I hadn't considered that for you guys because I feel like you are resting a good amount of the time Mm -hmm. but you're there for four or five hours so that's that makes sense um what was it like heading to nationals is how many days is nationals um, so you have a practice day and then day one and day two. Okay. Um, I know the story of how crazy it was. <laughs> did, I mean, did you guys have a big issue with COVID at any other point during the season? We didn't. And that was what was crazy about it because of course, like we were good all season and then we get to nationals and uh, my roommate tested positive for COVID. And so, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So... What, like, t- take me through how everything went. You guys fly mm-hmm. out to, where was it? Um, Dallas. In Dallas. Yeah. Okay, so you fly out to Dallas. Um, I'm assuming the next day was day one of practice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have day one of practice. You're competing in the official day one. And when is it, or take me through your perspective of what it was like to go through that very stressful process. Yeah, so um, we had a practice day, and everything went good. We had a good day, and then um, we're in a team meeting, and our roommate texts us, like, hey, guys, I'm so sorry I tested positive for COVID. And so we're like, oh, my gosh, what do we do? Um, so we are in the middle of our team meeting. We, me and my other roommate, Natalie, we turn our camera off, and we immediately are like, Jacqueline, our trainer, like, can we call you? And she's like, is it an emergency? And we're like, yeah. And so we tell her and we had no clue what, if we were going to compete or not. And we didn't know if the team was going to get to compete or not. Cause they've all been in close contact with us. Um, and so they were like, okay, we're going to figure it all out. So we were quarantined like the rest of the night and they were trying to figure out how can we get you to compete? And so um, the rest of our team heads off to the arena they're warming up and me and my roommate are still waiting back to hear if we can compete or not. Wow. And we, at this point, we'd probably taken, like, eight COVID tests, and we were, te- we're testing negative every time. And so we're like, okay, like, they should let us compete. So we're waiting for another test. We get the results back, and we're, we're negative. So we're excited. We get to go to the arena. We start warming up. It's going great. Um, midway through the warm-up, they pull our whole team off the floor. And so we're like, oh, my gosh, like, Okay, so we want the team to compete. Like, if we don't compete, it's whatever. We want the team to compete. So I must have taken my grips off and back on five times because I didn't know if we were going out or not. And someone's like, okay, be ready, put your grips on. So I would put my grips on, take them off. And then we didn't know what what anyone else was doing because me and my roommate were in a different room than everyone else. And so we're waiting in a different room. Our whole team's waiting in the locker room. And then they get to go out and warm up. And we didn't, so then we hear a rule that we're going to get to compete, except we only get 30 seconds of warm-up time. So everyone else gets to do their warm-up, and um, we're waiting in, like, this hallway, this, like, concrete hallway and behind the curtains at the meet. Um, And I'd only warmed up 
like vault at this point and so I was like okay so I go warm up floor for 30 seconds I go back behind the curtain and this I've never been anything past like first second or third to go on floor and they're like okay we're gonna put you last and so I had so much time to wait around and think and so I'm walking back and forth and then I get to go up and I go do my floor routine and I got the best score I've ever gotten at, that, at anywhere um so and it was at nationals which is pretty cool and so we just kept doing that so then We'd go back back behind the curtain, wait for our time, warm up for 30 seconds, compete. Which is crazy because no one understands like how hard that is to not warm up. That's ridiculous. Yeah. First off, I was asking, uh, just in general because I know it's a crazy story, I had no clue that you and your roommate were the ones that yeah. were the contact trace. That is we were crazy. The ones, yeah. Wow. Okay. And um what was going through your mind? You mentioned that you want the team to compete even if you can't. Yeah. I don't think it's whatever, right? I mean, you obviously want to compete, yeah. but what what were you thinking when you are walking back and forth? Like, were you stressed out even more? Because you'd think, well, you're stressed out even more. You're, you're not going to compete as well. But like you said, your floor score was the best you've ever gotten. So yeah. what, what was going through your mind? Um, so I was really stressed, and when we heard that we got to compete I was just so excited and I did actually feel I felt prepared because we do practice like routines where we don't get to warm up very much so I I kind of knew I could do it like even without warm-up um so I was very I was nervous but I just I kind of was confident actually it was weird um and then after I did my floor routine I felt like okay I could do this the rest of the meet like this is fine we're just gonna do it without the warm-up and um, and so after doing floor, I definitely felt a lot better because you do the first one and you feel a little bit better. And so that was, yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. What was the order that you guys went in? Was it floor, um, beam? Uh, floor, vault, bars, beam. Okay. Yeah. So ending on beam. Yeah. So you guys switched up the entire thing. Cause I know here at, well, when you're at home in the mm-hmm. pack 12, um, what is it? You go vault then bars, then beam, then floor. Yeah. And you flip it around when you're away. Yeah. Interesting yeah, yeah. that you did it that way at yeah. Nationals. Um, but obviously, you guys ended up having success. You accomplished your goal. You finished as a first-team All-American um, and second-team All-American in the all-around, the beam, the floor, uh, regular season All-American all-around. So that was pretty successful for you. But I think that the most impressive thing for me was, once again, 47 out of 48 routines, Pac-12 first-team All-American and all-around, uh, sorry, not All-American, Pac-12 first-team all-around vault bars and all, honorable mention and beam. So you're involved in all four of them. You're doing well in all four of them. And then you hit 47 out of 48 routines after not having trained for three to four months. But I think, like, what would you give credit to that? Is it just the extra work you did put in while you were away? Or, or what would you say? It was to maintain that consistency, again, on a sport that takes so much toll on your body. Yeah, um, I think that being consistent is, like, what based on what you do at practice, kind of. And so I think, like, if you go into it prepared, then it makes it easier on yourself. Um, so I guess I would say that I would contribute it to, like, my work in the gym because I, I, I don't know. I feel like I work pretty hard. So, so you basically gain confidence from from your work? Yeah, I would say so, yeah, because you do, like, a lot of numbers. You do so many of the same routine in the gym, and, 
And so then it's just trusting yourself when you go out and compete. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, congratulations on that great season. You come you. back and then it's your junior year. Mm-hmm. I mean, which we're still in technically <laughs> right now. Um, but things are back to normal. Mm-hmm. Things are good. We're, we're, we're happy with everything, the way it's going. Um, as you guys are starting season in a world where it seems like COVID is done and things like that rankings come out and you're prepared for season you guys had an exceptional season last year rankings come out and I don't know I think I think it was number three in the Pac-12 that you guys were ranked yeah were you guys surprised by that or, or what was it like hearing that news um I don't know if it like affected us too much but it was surprising because we wanted to be number well you want to be number one right but um yeah, we, I think we could have been higher, um, but yeah, it was surprising. I don't know. I don't think it affected us too much, though. Especially for you guys, I yeah. guess, that you're used to, like, the judges' scores and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, well, you're you're coming in number three, which, I mean, even if it is maybe a bit lower than it should be within the Pac-12, mm-hmm. it still says a lot, again, with a conference that is so competitive. Yeah, um, definitely. It says a lot. Um and then I remember I recorded with Maya in December, and I finished off the episode by saying, um, I'm so excited. I'm going to be watching you guys all season. I'm going to go to L.A. for the Invitational with my sister. She's like, no way. Cool. Yeah. Text her a few days before. Yep, it's going to happen. And then I checked my email. I hadn't checked my email in forever, right? And it was the day of when, I, when it was supposed to be the Invitational, and mm-hmm. I'm just checking the address it's just canceled. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, how yeah. is this canceled? I already, I had already seen that Cal wasn't going to compete, but the whole event got canceled. Yeah. So in a world where COVID was supposed to be in the past, yeah, you, your team is struck by it again. So what was that experience like, again, because of the time off? Mm-hmm. And right after that, you guys went straight into season. So yeah. what, what was that like? Um. Yeah, like you said, like, you think, it would be over and done um but we actually face a lot more covid issues this year than we did last year which was pretty interesting um i personally got covid right before like going into winter like christmas break um and a lot of people did around that time and we had like our whole team was almost out um which was kind of I don't know. It that I think that like kind of played into us not going to the meet because our whole team was out, and so then like you said, we kind of had to come back in and jump right into it, and then you're kind of trying to play catch up all of season. Like your body isn't used to um, taking time off and then getting right back into it, and then you're just kind of going after being sore from having time off then you're still going and we have meets every weekend and so you don't get a break but it was sad that our first meet was canceled but I think it was like a smart move to not do it because we had been out for a while back after a bit of a technical break but you were saying (laughs) that you're glad that it was canceled that first meet yeah because of the toll on your body um because there was like so many COVID issues I think um, it was smart for us to rest after taking a few days off because of COVID. Um, yeah, it would, and then after that, jumping right back in and trying to go back into season, and we had to meet the next weekend after that. Um, your body just like it never really gets to recover because it's just still going. And so I think, I think it was smart that we didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, and like 
well, I mean, you mentioned that you got COVID before break, so you were fine, but your team situation was right after New Year's because that's when the Invitational was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even heading into the season opener against Stanford, weren't you guys still dealing with a bit of that? Um, yeah, even at, uh, even at our meet against Utah, someone had COVID on our team. And so we were kind of dealing with it all season up until like mid to end of season. Cause wow. I mean, you get it and then someone else gets it and they have to be out. Like, so it was kind of just like a game of <laughs> bouncing around of who's getting COVID at, at certain times and having people hop in for them because they can't compete right now. That must've been weird because you guys were so strict in 2020, mm-hmm. but do you guys even set COVID rules during this season? Like, I don't, I don't know if it's not that you can't, but it's crazy that since you are facing so many cases, did mm-hmm. you guys set rules at any point? Um, we didn't set any rules this year, but we kind of all knew in our heads, like, we don't want to have an issue. So like, let's, ca- let's be smart, you know? Um, and so, I mean, we would definitely tell each other, like, we need to be smart. And I don't think anyone was doing anything crazy to get COVID. Um, but yeah, it was, it just seemed to be a bigger issue this year than last for some reason. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, especially because it was with your team. I saw it with women's basketball as Mm -hmm. well. Um, and in our team, it's like foreign that's in the past, you know, like we haven't really struggled with that, which I'm glad, but crazy, especially we're not very careful about that. So (laughs) interesting, but I guess that's how it works. Um, how many days did you have leading up to Stanford that you guys did prepare? Um, I can't remember, but we were definitely prepared for Stanford. I I think everyone that came back got that week before where we were supposed to compete and then another week. So at least two weeks of preparing. Which oh, okay. Good. So you were fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, you come back and it's a season opener and I mean, you guys get a, a big win. It was a very exciting meet and... For for the entire thing we've talked up to this point, I mean, I haven't even watched or, or witnessed. Um, I watched highlights or, like, watched on TV. Mm-hmm. But now I'm, like, witnessing all of this, so it's, like, fresh off my memory. Um, you get the win right off of that. You Your score on the vault was a 990, and I believe you, you won it at that meet. Um, and you got second all around. And, again, the fourth best all-around score in school history, 39 uh, 625 coming off from last year tying the fifth best all-around score in school history uh, three times so again exciting things coming up do you have specific goals this season or, or is it just to see what happens um I would say well right now I'm kind of just like resting off of last season um but going into next season definitely would love to make it to nationals as a team and I would love to get a 10 that would be pretty cool I think it would be cool to get on any of the event of the events but maybe vault just because I I got it actually once in club and so it'd be kind of cool to do it again in college um and then just maybe like some upgrades on floor and it is going to be my last year so it'll be exciting just to enjoy every moment of it yeah yeah great um with with some of the things you mentioned Beam, you've said, is your favorite event, mm-hmm. but is your best vault, what do you say? Um, I would say I get the highest scores on vault, yes. Okay, and how do you go about setting your own goals? Obviously, it's like nationals, obviously, a 10, obviously, but how do you, do you have a specific 
thing that you do or, or not really? Um, not really. I, I mean, when you're little, I feel like you have, like, goals, and then as you accomplish them, you have to keep setting more, because, like, how do you, you, you can't just, like, stop having goals. You would, it would be boring. Um, I, I always wanted to have, like, my own skill, which I thought would be cool, but I don't know what I would do. You have to do something different than everyone else. Interesting. Everyone, so. When is it that you guys choose your routines and for floor your songs? Like, mm -hmm. how often does that change? And when is it that you start preparing for that? Um, yeah, so you prepare over the summer and you, like, learn your new floor routine. And it depends on who you are. Sometimes people get it once a year. Sometimes people get them, like, once every other year. Um, but our coach Liz usually helps us pick our music. All right, and we're back after another technical break. I'm not sure what's going on with that camera, but I will have to check it. I was telling you that um, there's not like in our sports where we have practice. I can't, I can't really practice this besides doing this. So hey, I perfect by trial and error. Um, and you asked if this is what I want to do um, later on. It's a hobby to me. Um, so I don't know yeah, if it, if awesome. if if it works out at some point and it, like I can earn money from it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but if not, then I'll stick with it as a hobby because I'm doing it because I like it, you know, I'm mm -hmm. not doing it for any other reason. So yeah, that, that's it. Uh, but again, we were talking about goals and I guess to answer your question a bit more, if I don't have any goals, then there's no purpose in doing this. Right. I yeah. mean, for me, I think my goal is to spread a positive message, but also to learn from others and to get mm -hmm. to know more people here because it's, it's crazy to think how surrounded we are by amazing people. And it's like, well, I, I'd like to meet them and, and get to know their story. So Yeah, and there's so many people and you don't even know. and Like, you only know a select few because you're on your sports team and you make friends with, like, those people. And then it's, like, hard to meet other, especially with COVID, we didn't get to really meet that many people, too. So that's that's the story um, from my, well, my pandemic story. Mm -hmm. um, to me, I was like, wow, who am I without soccer? And I had... I had of tough freshman year with soccer um and i started getting into content for different reasons but i got into making videos um to tell my friends with like what was going on with current events so i was recording that and i would share, share oh, it with fun. them and yeah. then I, I someone saw it um the daughter of one of my dad's uh best friends and I didn't know her before, um, different ages, but she's into creating content and she's like, let's go make videos. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. And I get into that. And then we started having recorded conversations. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't know that many people at Cal because of COVID and mm. it was our freshman year. And I'm like, I should start a podcast. So yeah, here oh, that's we are. awesome. That's awesome. Here we are. Um, Anyways, moving forward, um, you were the 19th best all-around competitor in the nation this year. And I think that the only thing more impressive than that coming from Cal is that there were three of you this year. Um, how, what is it like knowing that, one, you're very close to the top, but two, two of your teammates are as well and in different classes. Mm -hmm. So what, what I think it says a lot about Cal, but... I'm sure it shows when it comes to practices and definitely in results, but when it comes mm -hmm. to practices, what is it like getting to compete with gymnasts of that caliber? Yeah, like I was saying earlier, like you look around the gym and there's always like amazing stuff happening. And so it, everyone definitely pushes each other in the gym every day 
um, with, like, how hard they work because, I mean, like, you have nothing, you have no one, if there was no one pushing you, you wouldn't get better, and so I think that it's, like, awesome that there's so many good people on our team that can push each other and, like, support each other at the same time because we, everyone definitely supports each other, like, there, there's no question about that either, and so I think it's a good a good sense of competitiveness yeah yeah that's awesome and we were talking about how you come up with your routines and your songs and you talked yeah. about how that's over the summer mm-hmm. and do you start nearly from day one once you come back in the fall or once you get into it in preseason just perfecting that routine um yeah so fault bars and beam usually stay pretty much the same and then your floor routine is like the dance changes and everything like that and so that you practice a little bit more just because you don't want to forget it when you're up there um everything else is um just like your skills that you do and so if you're going to upgrade a skill you learn it over summer usually um and then you just practice it and practice it and till it's consistent enough to be able to compete it. So you, do you practice that by yourself at your own gym, or, or mm-hmm. where is that? Um, some You can either practice at the Cal gym with your Cal coaches, or if you go home, and sometimes people will practice at their club gyms too. Do you guys stay here over over summer? Um, some people do, some people don't. I, I like to go home just to see my family and hang out with my family and, and practice with my old teammates because they all go to different colleges, so it's kind of fun to like practice with them again. Um, and then I'm actually taking a summer class here, so I'll be back for Session D to be practicing here. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, great. And is there any sense – so just to get this clear, first off, freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, same routine when it comes to vault, beam, and bars besides some upgrades? Um, yeah, I would, bars and ball are are the exact same, and then beam, I've made, like, some little, like, dance changes and jump changes, um, here and there, and then floor, all my tumbling's been the same, I just have a different floor routine this year, and then hopefully next year I'll be doing an upgraded tumbling pass. Interesting, and and what about your, your song, does that change, or does it remain the same the entire time? Um, I think I'll find out eventually. Liz kind of tells us who's getting new floor routine and who's not, and so I'll find out when soon. So depending on your floor routine, you change the, the song? Um, well, she'll, like, change the dance and the song. She'll do it both. But, um, like, my abortus had the same floor routine for a while, or I've, I had um, a floor routine for two years, but, like, some people get them every year. It just depends. Interesting. She just picks, yeah. Does it get repetitive at any point? Um, I would say yes and no. Like I said, like, you can always, like, you could do it perfect one time and not the next. And so that's, like, kind of goes in hand in hand with being consistent because you have to practice being able to do it the same every time. Um, but it can get repetitive sometimes doing the same, same routine because I've been doing this bar routine for pretty, I've been doing the same skills pretty much, like, throughout level 10 um so that's like a decade yeah so like a long time um but I've switched them up here and there so it's it's fun to play around in the summer because it keeps you excited and learning new things that's that's awesome yeah Yeah, for for me I was just thinking about that and it's like they're doing like because I'm I'm there and it's like I know the songs at this point or like some of the dances it's like yeah I mean you know what's coming up um but it's it's still a lot of fun to watch obviously I was just like that's very different because for us we show up and you don't know different opponent yeah. you you literally cannot predict what is coming in here yeah. it's like yeah yeah you, you kind of can yeah um interesting as your season uh progresses you guys were undefeated for a while mm. um and even in your first loss at arizona um you guys set some really good scores so it was like something to 
to look forward to. But then your next loss was at UCLA, which I'm I know is a very historic place when it comes to women's gymnastics, and I'm sure it's very hard to compete there. But at the same time, you're crowned regular season Pac-12 champion, so. You lost, but you celebrated because it's the first time in school history. So mm-hmm. I feel like every time you guys did lose, there was still something to celebrate. Am I am I not understanding something, or how does that work? No, no, yeah, you're right. Because um, even after we lost at ASU, we knew, okay, like, we can win the next one. Like, we're going to go in the gym, fix our mistakes, and win the next one and then when we did them we still were regular season champs so um you're right yeah it was definitely something to celebrate each time yeah and also to my understanding was it a tie for regular season champs or, or what ended up happening <laughs> yeah so actually there was a four-way tie so half the pack 12 is but it was the first time in history so that was pretty cool no matter what no that's awesome because yeah. i mean it's never happened before yeah. but I, when i saw the tie i was like what yeah. for us no ties like that really well, well could you yes the odds are very 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 yeah low. yeah um because we play each team twice mm-hmm. so it could go either way <sighs> yes it's technically you could it just hasn't happened at least not in a while definitely yeah. not in my career here okay. um but that's I, interesting I, yeah when yeah. i saw the four-way tie i was like wow no way. yeah interesting um heading into pac-12s uh, what was it like now? You said the experience was different. It was much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, were you guys so worried about COVID? I feel dumb for asking this, but I mean, with what you just mentioned. Um, at this point, like, pretty much everyone had had it, or uh, if you, if they didn't, like, they were like, okay, we kind of feel, like, okay at this point. So we were not worried about COVID at this point. Um, but, yeah, we were excited for Pac-12s. Yeah, and... Yeah. How did that go? Because there is a regular season champion, but then there is a Pac-12 champion from the championship. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I'm stating the obvious. The goal is to win the entire thing. But mm-hmm. what were you guys thinking of? Were you specifically thinking like, all right, no matter what, we make it to regionals? Or, or is that how you qualify? Or take me through what you guys were thinking in that meet. What was the goal? Yeah, so you have to be in like the top 36 there's like some play-in days and stuff like that but we we basically knew we were going to regionals at that point and so we weren't really focused on regionals we just wanted to we we did want to win Pac-12s especially because there was a four-way tie so we're like okay we can do this but um we had a great day and that was the highest score we'd ever gotten at Pac-12s um so that was pretty cool and um, it was in Utah, and so Utah had a bunch of fans there and stuff, and so um, the the energy in that place was crazy. Like, yes, they were cheering for Utah, but it was still pretty cool to have, like, that many fans. Um, but Utah had a great day, and so it just wasn't our day. But it was still a great meet for us, and multiple people won events and got plaques and stuff like that, so that was cool. That's awesome. Um, and, yeah, even for Utah, they were number three in the nation this year mm-hmm. and you guys beat them here at yeah. cal as well so uh, lots going on in the, yeah, the pack 12 definitely. this season um and like i had mentioned i feel like this is a trend on your team for this season like you guys lost but there's still something to celebrate it's crazy yeah. like with the the highest score at pack 12s in program history like that's so interesting it it is crazy this team i mean 
not just this team, but in the past, like, ever since I've been here, I feel like we've just been setting records, breaking records, and, like, it's just crazy to be, like, be a part of making history. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, I mean, congratulations on that. Thank um, you. You go to regionals, and in the semifinal, you did win the Bars event, which is awesome to see. Um, but what was the regionals experience like? Because obviously it didn't go as the same way it was last year. So mm-hmm. so what was going through your team's mind? Was it a loss that you could still celebrate or not really in this case? Um, yeah, so day one, we had a great day. We were heading into day two. Again, our goal we're like, we want to go to nationals. Um, we got a day off in between this time. This is new. We usually go back-to-back days, and so we got a day off to rest our body and kind of recover. And then we competed that next day. We were wearing a brand-new leotard. It was exciting. Um, and I think we were all very nervous, and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we did so well last time. And so bars was our first event, and it didn't go as well as we would have hoped it to. But we were like, okay, we can still do this. Like, we're still in this. And so everyone picked it back up on beam. And we had, I, I want to say it was, like, our best beam score at regionals. Um, and then floor, everyone killed it. And it was vault, our weakest event that was left. Um, and we put it all out on the line, like, everything that we had into our vaults. And we still got a great score and had a great day. And so I think it was definitely still something that we could celebrate because it was still a really good day. We didn't count any falls, and um, we just – we did good, and it just wasn't our day. Yeah. And, th- and that's that. And yeah. that's where my question comes in. How much, as a competitor mm-hmm. – I'm assuming you're all very competitive. Yes. Um, how much – does the role play of acknowledging that it is a subjective sport versus an objective result, right? Like you have a yeah. judge determining what number it is. I understand that there's four judges, mm-hmm. so it's, it's pretty fair. But I don't know, for us, it's like you either scored more goals or you didn't. Sure, yeah. we can still say the referee messed it up here and here and here. Yeah. But it's a bit objective, not as other sports like track or swimming but mm-hmm. still objective. For you guys, it's 100% subjective, and I'm sure you can say, well, if you know gymnastics, then you'd probably get it. And yeah, <laughs> that, that makes sense. But do you guys recognize that at all? Is that why you were so happy? Um, yes, it's definitely based, it should be based on like how you feel that you did, but it's hard when you feel like you did a good routine and then you get like a 9-7 and you're like, oh, dang it, I wanted to get higher than that. Um, so it definitely is hard. And when you get to the bigger meets, the judges might be looking for different things. They might like, um, like bigger skills and that's what they're looking for. They're looking for form. So it kind of just depends on what the judges are looking for that day too. And so it definitely does like play a role in how we compete because like we said, like, or like I said, after bars, we didn't score that well in bars. And so we're like, okay, and we want to make this up. And so seeing that we're in last place after the first rotation it was like okay it kind of like it kind of motivated us and that's crazy too mm-hmm. because like bears on bars are our uh, yeah, top in the was, nation yeah, right that but was our event. yeah, yeah that, that's crazy um looking like on on twitter i i saw multiple things uh during the season but i don't know if, if you noticed this or even uh thought about this but you see big names competing in the SEC. Mm-hmm. 
And there's something where people were saying, like, hey, if these judges were scoring in the Pac-12, you'd have yeah. a lot of 10s going around. Definitely. So how do you feel about that? Um, you can definitely tell that there is a big difference in judging. And especially this year, there were so many 10s everywhere. Um, and Twitter, they, they go crazy on Twitter. The gym internet is crazy. Um, gym internet. <laughs> the gym internet. Yeah, they, they will catch the judges on that kind of stuff. But um, it does it does kind of suck, but also I feel like it makes us better when we do get to the big meets because we've been scored like hard all season, so we're prepared for it. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Again, it's like compete for us, competing in the Pac-12 is like very hard, and we haven't mm-hmm. really gone into postseason recently, but yeah. when we do, it's like it's different. Obviously, it's still the postseason, but yeah. the competition isn't really as tough although we haven't really had that much success recently it's it's different I, i'd say it's like non-conference okay. but um anyways um yeah that that was very interesting with with the scores and and how different it was mm-hmm. with what you mentioned the gym internet you guys all have like fan accounts and things like that <laughs> we do that's so interesting um what does that feel like it's pretty cool. Um, it's kind of, it makes you think twice about what you're posting because people are always watching you and they can catch you doing something. So it definitely makes you think twice. And um, like some of the fans are like young girls and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool that you're like inspiring young gymnasts. Um, and yeah, I actually got to meet one of my fans at the meet and took a picture with her and we gave her a shirt and stuff. And so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome that you guys get that opportunity Mm -hmm. to inspire a next generation because for us it's like i could never see that happening like for us having our own fans accounts and things like that that's interesting and i see you guys like there's a cal fan account and then specific like i know you have your own fan account and Mm -hmm. and other teammates as well so i don't know that must be awesome to to see it must be an awesome feeling it is pretty cool yeah it at first we were like who is this like what but it is really cool, yeah. Do you reach out to them, or how does that happen? Um, no, they just, she made it, and then she would, like, tag me and stuff, and I saw, and I, I always comment on her stuff, like, I I think it's so cool, so, yeah, and then she'll, she has, like, a Twitter, she's, like, our biggest fan, and she always is, like, tweeting throughout the meet, like, about how we did and stuff, and then there's other, like, gym internet accounts that also tweet, and some of them aren't very nice, <laughs> they... Yeah, they're not very nice. They're probably our biggest critics. Oh, wow. Okay, and how do you take that? How do you deal with that? Um, you kind of just have to not look. like, Or if you do see it, kind of just like let it go. So your advice is to avoid it as much as possible. Yeah, definitely. Okay. It's hard, though, when I open Twitter and it's all like gymnastics stuff and talking about gymnastics, which it's kind of interesting because they post like what other people are doing and like they were posting about nationals and stuff, so it's, like, kind of cool to, like, see them posting and, like, you can stay updated that way, but it's not fun when they're, like, tweeting not good things about you. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that sucks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't relate to that, but it's, it's crazy because you, you're, you get comments where people are being very nice and mm-hmm. maybe you want to read that, but then you get comments when they aren't and you come to the conclusion, I think, that then I, I, you'd rather just avoid yeah. everything because if not, you just get ideas into your own head. Yeah. Even though it is a very nice connection with these girls that you are inspiring, but it's like, damn, like... Yeah, you, it's hard. It's, yeah, it's hard to decide. Yeah, wow. Well, finishing up this season, all Pac-12, first team all around, 
And the most impressive thing to me is the consistency, right? With your 15 top three finishes um, this season, nine scores over 9.9. And then 49 out of 51 routines. This was a bit funny that it even showed it in the stat. It says that all around you went 34 out of 35. And it's your first miss on any routine after 30 consecutive meets of not missing anything. I think it says a lot about your consistency in your work and how much you take care of your body. You just mentioned that next year is your last season. Mm -hmm. The toll your body takes, again, is ridiculous. Even if you say, like, oh, you guys work a lot too. Mm -hmm. Guys still play pro after this, you know? Yeah. Like, there's a long career ahead, and for you guys, it's it's the end. So yeah. moving forward, how does it feel knowing that next season is after a lifetime of a sport that you've put in so many hours to? Mm -hmm. it's, it's the end. It's, it's kind of sad. It's like an era is coming to an end. But I want to say in the gymnastics world, I want to coach gymnastics one day. And so I think that'll be my way of kind of staying in touch with gymnastics after. Okay. Yeah. And is there... I, I was having a very deep conversation with a friend this past week. And mm -hmm. then it's like knowing things are coming to an end makes you enjoy them more, I guess, or yeah. or try things out that you usually wouldn't. Yeah. Obviously, your routine is set, but are there things that you think you'll just enjoy or try that you haven't in the past, knowing that it's the last chance to do so? Um, I don't know about gymnastics-wise, if I'm going to try anything different, because I'm pretty, like, set in my ways. But I definitely... Um, and gonna, I'm gonna try to enjoy each moment, like you said, because it is your last time doing it, and, like, um, it was sad at the senior meet, because we were all pretty close with the seniors, and they all did so great at their last meet, and so that was great to see them end, um, in Haas that way, they all did so good, and so, um, I was, it kind of, like, makes you realize, oh my gosh, it's coming, it's coming soon, and so, yeah, I, I definitely... I think I'm ready for the next chapter of my life, but you never know when you get there. It's going to be sad, so... Yeah, I'm sure it'll it'll definitely be, be tough. Mm -hmm. um, we already talked about spinning and, and lift, but I wanted to ask you, like, how do you keep up with the high demand on your body in, in this sport? Um, mm -hmm. With treatment, I know you guys have a rule where if you aren't going to treatment, then you're 100% ready to compete. Yeah. Um, and I also see, like, after meets you're already iced up even before the meet has finished, like once you are finished. So yeah. how much do you take care of your body and go into treatment or is that not something you do too much? Uh, no, I, I definitely go into treatment. I will wake up early to go into treatment because like you said, like if, if you don't get a treatment, then you're hundred percent fine. Um, so I do that. And then sometimes it's kind of nice to go after cause then you have like the rest of the day to kind of rest your body after you got treatment on it. But I, I go to treatment and probably like, four times a week and then we go in the ice baths sometimes if like we're really if we're really hurting that day we'll go in the ice baths and yeah just sleep and rest interesting yeah interesting yeah I mean with all the swelling and all the soreness the ice makes the most sense yeah. um but again the consistency is very impressive so I'm sure it has to do with that moving to a bit of a fun topic just to close things off mm -hmm. Take me through your pre-meet routine. I okay. I like to think about gymnastics as a sport that is also an art, right? Like I see, especially because of the choreography and the mm -hmm. dance and the floor, but with how you guys, like with the, the, um, 
the importance that you give to the leotards and all the makeup and the hairs and, and like the way you prepare for that I feel like it's an entire art yeah and then on top of that I've noticed like with your team you guys have gotten the pre-meet routine of doing the TikToks and things like that so take yeah. me through what pre-meet routine looks like um I usually wake up like if it's a morning meet, I'll wake up, like, two hours before because, you, like you said, like, we have the hair, the makeup, everything. And, like, you know you're going to be on TV, so you want to look good on TV. Um, so I'll wake up, I'll do my hair, and then I usually have breakfast, and then I do my makeup. And then we make TikToks and our Leos, and we take pictures. If we're at, like, a hotel, we'll kind of, like, go in each other's room and take pictures with each other and stuff. Um, and then... We have, like, a little snack before we go, and then you go and you show up to the meet, and at the meet we'll make TikToks, too, <laughs> before. Um, sometimes they're silly, sometimes they're dancing ones, and then we practice for our two hours. I usually have, like, a snack in between, and then we'll do cheers, like, before we start. We'll do a little cheer, and then it's time to go. That's so interesting. Yeah. I feel like you guys, why, why do you think you do that? Um, like the TikToks and the cheers and everything. And everything, yeah. yeah. Even the pictures, I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, I see like the meat peak uh, pictures, whether it's here at home or away. So why yeah. do you think you guys do that? Um, we kind of just do it to document like our trips, I would say. Because it's, I mean, we're not really doing anything else besides gymnastics and school. And so like these are our highlights of our, of our lives <laughs> at the time um, during season. And so just to kind of, like, document the moments and share them. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I yeah. was going to say, like, it definitely loosens you up as well. It must yeah. be. Um, but, yeah, the documenting the, the trip makes a lot of sense, and it's very nice. Um, actually, here a, f a few weeks ago, mm. um, Kyle Millis and Marcos Rico were from Men's Swim okay. were here, and we talked about their YouTube because they're they're big on YouTube right now. Okay. And they're, they basically did a day-in-the-life videos, and they started blowing up, and they kept th doing them. And I was telling them, like, I want to do that, and it's not because, like, I want to copy you guys, but yeah. when I see what they're posting, and it's like, wow, like, all these memories that they have because it's one yeah. thing to have like the pictures or things like that but even tiktoks or their day in the life videos and things like that it's like you remember what it was like in the moment and, and i had never thought about that and watch it yeah yeah and and i had never thought about it that way but mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense and more memories to look back on for sure yeah and it's crazy to see how much stuff people do in a day especially student athletes you wake up early you do your treatment you go to practice there's so much stuff that people probably don't even think that goes into it yeah yeah I mean I wouldn't think that you guys wake up two hours earlier to do your hair and makeup and then yeah. have breakfast and then two hours of training and then TikToks in between yep. that's that's crazy but I'm sure your coaches are used to it at this <laughs> they, point as well so I don't know if they like our TikToks but and our pictures and stuff but we do it anyways <laughs> yeah I mean it's part of the routine it is um well to close off in such a tough sport, and especially knowing that there is no pro career ahead, what keeps you going? Um, I would just say, like, graduating from here. Um, and, and just, like, competing is probably the best part. And my team, they're awesome. Um, I definitely wouldn't be able to get through without my team. Everyone's, like, funny and just they're so supportive. Um, but, yeah, I definitely look forward to graduating from like the number one public university in the world. That's awesome. Um, and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for gymnastics. So it's kind of cool to like use my gymnastics to do that. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. And 
last question, which is very fun in the gym turnit, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and in an article, it came up that they asked you three words to describe yourself as a gymnast. In 2017, you said determined, confident, and leader. In 2016, you said tough, determined, and dedicated. In 2022, what would you say? Oh, my gosh. Um, as a gymnast, you said? Yes. Okay, I would definitely say consistent, still determined. I'll keep that one in there. And um, consistent, determined. I would say a hard worker. Is that is that a good one? I think it is. Yeah, okay. I was just okay. wondering how, how much has changed, but yeah. determined is still there. It was there twice, and it's here a third time, but... Yeah. Consistent, I think, is a good word. From what I, I know, the little I know, and from what I've seen, it, it makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you. I think you know a lot. You, you've done your research on, on everything. I try my best. Yeah, I try good. my best. If, if I'm going to have great guests on here, then I have to do a good job. So. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Is there anything I missed or anything else? I don't think so. I think that's it. Perfect. Yeah. Well, sorry about whatever happened with the camera. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to to check that out but thank you so much for accepting the invite for being here it was great getting to know you i hope i i mean it was the first time we've met and the first Mm -hmm. time we've talked i'm i'm hoping it's not the last it definitely Um, won't be and thank you and i look forward to hopefully doing this again next year after watching you guys compete and watching you guys at nationals that'd be awesome thank you well thank you so much and to everyone that watched on youtube or listened on spotify thank you so much if you're on youtube please like and subscribe if you're on spotify please follow the podcast That's pretty much it. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast and follow me on my personal social media accounts for more. All at Fer Andraes. All links are in the description. If this episode inspired you in any way, please help me out by sharing it with a friend to help them leave their dent in the universe as well. That's it for today. I'll see you all next time.